Okay, so I have tried recording this intro more than once, but I keep yawning. So, however it comes out is the way it's coming out right now. So, Christine Zapata, a chiropractor and business coach in the Seattle, Washington area. What I love about Christine is her authenticity and how she was willing to share a vulnerable experience. We all go through struggles, guys. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome them. And Christine overcame an obstacle in her life and now is crushing it. There you go, yawning again. So I'm going to be quiet for now. And let you guys hear Christine's very beautiful message. But first, go find her on Instagram at Dr. Christine Zapata. Uh, a link will be to it in the show notes. And go wish her a very happy birthday. Um, it's a day late from when this episode is being released. But just go say hi. Um Interact with her. She's a lovely person. Obviously, you're going to learn this in the next 45 minutes or so. So, I love you guys. Please rate and review. Please share. Please, like, go rate and review and share this with a friend right now. I know you're listening to it on your phone. If you're driving, please share it after you're driving. But you're on your phone. Just send it in a text message, guys. I love you, take care, and be awesome. And welcome to None of Your Business Podcast, where we bring you inspiring storytelling from the heart. I'm your host, Robert Delude. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the show begin. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am, by profession, I am a chiropractor. I practice in the heart of Seattle, Washington, and I am also a uh, Black Diamond Club business coach, helping different service professionals uh, try to reach levels of success that uh, they're trying to achieve and just build the lifestyle that they desire. Um, I got into chiropractic. Um, I think I was a, I was a sophomore in high school and I was really active as a, as a kid, I played competitive, uh, soccer was on a traveling select team from the time I was 10 years old until high school and my sophomore year of high school, I had, um, suffered from multiple concussions. Um, a couple were from soccer. I was a goalie. And there were a couple injuries, uh, head injuries that I had 
playing soccer. Um, one of them, I tried to dive for a ball and ended up hitting my head on the goalpost. Uh, another one was I got kicked in the back of uh, the head right behind my right ear by um, an opponent. And um, not long after my second head injury, I was involved in a really bad car accident coming home from my, from my high school job. And those three head injuries in a super short amount of time, I think they all happened within eight or nine months of each other. Um, I started developing uh, really bad migraine headaches and neck pain and back pain. Uh, things were so bad that I was missing a lot of school because I could barely get out of bed. Um, I, I would crawl into bed uh, and have the covers over my head, all the lights off, the blinds closed. I'd, it, it was really bad. And I was missing so much school. And my parents, uh, they're both immigrants from the Philippines. And uh, they were trying their best to get me the help that I needed. And they were taking me to uh, all sorts of different doctors, specialists, acupuncturists, physical therapists, massage therapists. Uh, they were trying to do everything that they could to help me. And I remember vividly going to my doctor and letting them know like, Hey, you know, everything that I'm doing, none of this is really helping. I may get some temporary relief, but you know, once the drugs wear off or once I am home from the physical therapist's office, like I, I'm miserable again. And um, at the time, my doctor was telling me that the only thing that I could do was either stop playing sports, stop playing contact sports like soccer, and um, take these um, huge ibuprofen pills that were about the size of my thumb. And my doc told me, you know, take four of these really big ibuprofen tablets, uh, crush them up if you need to, but take four of these uh, two or three times a day. And I remember just feeling so dejected. I told my father as we were driving home, I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And uh, you know, he was like, you know, we're we're trying everything that we can. And my father owned an automotive repair shop. And not long after that conversation uh, with my father, he was talking to a client of his, and um, my dad, you know, he they're they're just talking it up and. Uh, my father's client was like, Hey, you know, how's your family doing? He's somebody who'd been in my dad's shop for a long time. And um, my father decided to tell him kind of what was going on with me. My parents are pretty private people. And so um, it wasn't really in their nature to tell someone else that things were not going well. And so my father was just telling this client like, Hey, you know, my daughter's been suffering from really bad migraine headaches and just she's in poor health. Uh, she should be stressing me out because she's sneaking out of the house and not coming home and making her curfew. But she's stressing me out because she's missing a lot of school. She's not leaving her room. Um, and um, I, I, I don't know what to do. And so this, uh, this gentleman told my father, you know, your daughter should see my chiropractor. And again, my parents are immigrants from the Philippines. They didn't really grow up with chiropractic as a thing. And so they had no idea what a chiropractor did, but they were like, well, we're desperate, so let's take her. And so I went to see this chiropractor and 
I remember the first week that I was under care, it was the first time since God knows how long, uh, where I didn't have a migraine headache and I actually felt like myself again. And that's really what, um, kind of got me into chiropractic, um, fast forward, uh, graduating from uh, high school and going into undergrad. I was probably about a year away from graduating from uh, San Diego state. And I was trying to figure out if I was going to go to, into medical school. I, I knew that I wanted to um, do something where I was helping other people. I come from a really huge extended family where I grew up taking care of um, a lot of my cousins and my siblings. And so um, I knew I wanted to help people. And I thought maybe I'd go into medical school and uh, my chiropractor at the time, because I moved away uh, for undergrad, my chiropractor that I was seeing, she suggested um, after a miserable internship I had at a medical doctor's private practice over the summer, um, she suggested that I look into chiropractic care uh, or chiropractic school. So, you know, you have been under care, you can see what it does for you and it's in healthcare. What would you think about chiropractic school? And so I looked into it and I was like, you know, it makes sense. Like I, I love what it does for me. And um, my chiropractor, I opened up her, her doors and said, Hey, you know, if you want to come work with me a couple afternoons a week, uh, then you'll be able to see what it's like in my practice. And it'll give you, um, a, just an experience. So you can actually see what it's like in my office and then compare it to maybe the experience that you had in the medical doctor's office. So I took her up on that. Um, I spent Tuesdays and Thursdays in the afternoon for a couple hours um, one semester, just hanging out in her office and trying to help file things away or take out the trash or help people schedule. And one of the biggest things that I saw when she was interacting with her patients was how pleasant everybody seemed and how happy they were, like genuinely happy to see her and how she was really a part of her patients' lives outside of the office. Um, she knew who was going to um, go on vacation. She knew um, who was in the middle of planning a wedding. She knew whose kids were going to be playing uh, baseball or have a, a soccer game coming up. And I really liked that because what I noticed in the medical doctor's office is that people were only coming in when something was wrong. Um, beyond what was written down in the charts, the doc didn't really know what was going on in somebody's life. And so that big difference in the environment, I think is really what um, propelled me to go into chiropractic school and become a chiropractor, so. I've been practicing for almost 15 years.
I don't feel like it's been that long, but it's, it's been almost 15 years. Absolutely. I, I love it. And I, I have been in practice in a couple of different states. I went to chiropractic school in California. I went to Life Chiropractic College West in the Bay Area. And I practiced in an office um, in San Francisco for almost two years before I took an opportunity in Seattle, Washington. And I thought that I'd only be here for a year and then I would move back to California since that's where all of my friends and family are and ended up really liking it here and have uh, just developed deep roots in Seattle. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sure. Uh, the Black Diamond Club is a group of service professionals who um, they're, they, they're in love with their, their craft and they love what they do, but they don't necessarily love the business side of, of things. And I love that the Black Diamond Club is, it's full of different service professionals, not just chiropractors, financial planners, web designers, um, acupuncturists, naturopaths. Uh, they're, they're just, again, uh, a community of service professionals who absolutely love what they do. They just need help with, uh, the business side of things. And I know from personal experience going through chiropractic school, I don't, I didn't feel that I was prepared enough to take on all of these business things. And I, I personally, uh, ended up going down the route where, um, as soon as I got out of school, I started working as an associate doctor in offices where I was hopeful that I would learn more of the business side of things. And uh, once I um, was done working as an associate, I ended up going into um, an office where my mentor opened up a satellite practice with me. Um, they just funded the startup costs. All I had to do was build that um, practice from the ground up. And then I had the opportunity to buy them out and then become the owner of the clinic that I essentially had built from the ground up. And at that time, I, you, you don't know what you don't know until it actually ends up in front of you. And I, I thought that I had learned a lot of stuff about business but really when it came down to it, once I signed on the dotted line and became a business owner, there was so much that I didn't know. And um, that's when I ended up uh, joining the Black Diamond Club because I loved all the things that Sean and Lacey were talking about. Um, if you're not comfortable with the business side of things, if you feel that selling is sleazy and uh, you have challenges communicating with people just 
the solution or the product or service that you have for people in the community who need your help. Um, I just, I loved that the Black Diamond Club was a community of other people just like me. And I loved the, I loved the fact that in the Black Diamond Club, we celebrate, we celebrate success, um, whatever that looks like for, for each person. Um, I've been part of other groups where you can't necessarily celebrate your successes because other people will talk badly about you. Um, they may talk badly because you're doing really well, or maybe they're, they're trying to do what, what you're doing and they haven't had uh, the same, same success. And I, I really felt like the Black Diamond Club was the safest space for me. I still feel that it's the safest space for me to, uh, to learn how to become a really good business person who is comfortable um, with the business aspect of, of being a business owner in a service-based profession. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I joined about five years ago. And I am a real big implementer. And so a lot of the things that Sean and Lacey teach in the Black Diamond Club, I have just taken and, and ran with it. And um, I've seen from firsthand experience just how incredibly impactful a lot of the concepts and principles that are taught in BDC can be on, on a business because that's what it's done for me. And March of 2020, just before the um, whole COVID pandemic uh, started, um, ended up uh, becoming a coach with uh, the Black Diamond Club and, and helping other service-based professionals in the group really um, just build the, the business that, that they're looking for and, and help them feel comfortable uh, just implementing these uh, concepts and, and having the foundation to be successful in, in their businesses. Um, in the Black Diamond Club, I, I think it's really important when I'm working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, trying to figure out where are they currently in their business and then where are they trying to go? I need to know where somebody is and where they're trying to go in order to try to fill in the stuff in between. And um, I like working with people who have at least been in the Black Diamond Club for a couple months because then they start to um, get um, kind of they get a better understanding of the things that we talk about um, because they're, they're in the group, they engage, uh, they get to, to start to hear some of the concepts and, and principles that we talk about in BDC. And then once we start coaching, then we can figure out how to implement some of these things that we talk about in the Black Diamond Club into their business. Or depending on where they are, sometimes people are they have been in practice or they've been in business for a while and they've been doing things the way that they always have for quite some time. And just like in life, um, when it comes to business, um, things evolve over time. And so what you may have done five years ago to build your practice may not necessarily be the thing that you're going to need to continue to grow 
in the next five years. And one of the things that is, I think, really unique about the Black Diamond Club is their, um, Sean and Lacey are, are teaching principles and, and concepts that are very, very innovative. And a lot of times you'll hear members say, you know, these are things that like are totally foreign to me because this is not what I have done in the past, or this is not what I have learned in the past. And I think because Sean and Lacey are always trying to better themselves, what they do is they'll take the things that they learn and they'll share that with um, BDC members. And so we get access to a lot of different super successful people. Um, and we get to try to figure out how to implement or um, incorporate some of these concepts into our business. One of the things that I uh, really, really love about Black Diamond Club is they talk about how there is no one right way to do anything. And that is so true. I've been part of different chiropractic groups in the past where it's the same script that you use for every single person when they come into the office, um, when you're giving them a report of findings. And um, you, it's very cookie cutter and you have to figure out how to make your business or your practice fit this one size fits all. And, um, and Black Diamond Club is one of the only groups out there that I've been a part of where you you don't have to do things exactly the same way that everybody else does it. You can try to tailor these concepts and, and principles to actually fit your business um, and, and do it in a way that is in much more integrity uh, with what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I get this question a lot from, from prospects. Uh, when they're reaching out, they're like, you know, how, how do I know if I'm going to be working with the right person? And I think that it's really important for um, people, if they're looking to work with a chiropractor, talk to them first, find out there's probably 30 to 40 different major techniques within chiropractic. They all work to achieve the same goal. I just think it's important for people to find the technique that works best for them. Uh, some people are looking for more gentle, gentle specific approaches in which case I think it's important for them to find a chiropractor who does um, a technique that is gentle and specific. Uh, other people might like the more, um, I don't wanna say forceful, but more the, the rougher uh, kind of adjustments, more traditional forms of um, adjustments. Um, and you know, if that's something that you're looking for, you may not wanna actually work with a doc that does a a, a very gentle technique. Um, I think that people need to do a little bit of homework trying to uh, find someone who uh, specializes in, in what they have going on or is a, is a good fit for 
for what they're looking for. I think everybody is, um, they're different when it comes to what their desired outcome is. Some people just want to seek out chiropractic care because they just want to get out of neck pain and back pain, um, like at that moment. Uh, so they're looking for more acute chiropractic care. Um, other people are dealing with some chronic health issues and they're not looking for just a quick fix, but they're looking for, um, they're looking for full resolution to the health issues of, that they might be suffering from. And so it's probably going to be better for them to try to find someone who maybe values long-term relationships and wants to not just help someone get out of their current pain, but really help get their nervous systems and their body functioning at hundred percent so that they're thriving. So I think it just depends on, on what you're looking for. Um, it would probably be one of two books. The first one is the none of your business book that Sean and Lacey uh, wrote. Um, I love that book. I think that it is a great um, introduction to Black Diamond Club and for any service-based professional who again, doesn't necessarily love the business side of things. I think that that is a, a really good book. Uh, the other one is Your Next Five Moves by Patrick Bet David. Uh, that's a really, really good book because um, it doesn't really matter where you are in your business. Um, it's really important to try to figure out what are your next five moves because most people are um, very reactionary. And so they're just dealing with the one thing that is in front of them without actually having um, a chance to pick their head up and look um, further ahead. It's like when you're driving, like you don't want to look just right in front of the hood of your car, but you want to see what's coming up. And I don't play chess, but um, I imagine it's like chess. You want to try to figure out what, what are the different moves that could be coming up? Um, what are the different ways that you can adapt to different things that that end up uh, or that could potentially come your way. So if the next five moves, uh, really, really good. Because uh, again, you wanna make sure that you have looked far enough ahead uh, and, and know what you're doing. Because people are always, I think a lot of times when people are stuck and they don't know what they're, what they should do, um, it's because they don't know what the next logical step is actually going to be. And so it's a really good book. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it. Oh yeah, nice.
Yeah. Yeah. That was my first time hearing him speak live and it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I love getting out in nature. Um, my, my practice is right in the heart of Seattle. Um, I live super close to it. So like I'm, I'm in the city and I absolutely love getting out in nature. Um, one of the uh, hobbies that my husband and I picked up uh, just before the pandemic, I'm super thankful that we picked this up just before, um, we started overlanding. I don't know if you ever heard of overlanding? Overlanding is, um, think off-roading and wild dispersed camping all kind of mashed together. Um, we will do, um, do off pavement trails. Um, we'll get out to the middle of nowhere and if we find a spot that we like, we'll just pitch a tent camp. Um, and I, I love how it's the complete opposite of what I live in. And I, I just, I love how simple it is. Um, I love that we have to sometimes troubleshoot things. We may end up having to cross a, a, a water crossing, a river or a creek, and we have to figure out like, how are we going to get across? Um, or, you know, certain situations end up coming up um, and, and we have to figure it out. Uh, we have to be self-reliant. And I think that's the thing that I really like. There's no cell service. Um, there's no electricity except for the um, Jackery that we have uh, or the car. Um, I love that um, we have to be able to pack in all of our food and water and live like off the grid um, for however long we're, we're, we're out. And um, overlanding has really taken me to some amazing places that honestly, I think that the only people that can really get to some of the places that we get to are people who end up like backpacking in the backcountry. Um, and like, I'm convinced now that we have, uh, done, um, a ton of trips, uh, a ton of overlanding trips. Like I'm, I'm convinced that backpackers see the most phenomenal, most beautiful places, uh, on the planet because you can't get to it with just a regular car. Um, so like, you really have to work to get to these places. And because they're, they're so remote, like there aren't a lot of people. And again, living in the city to like be somewhere where it isn't like totally dense and just overpopulated, I think is so much fun. So, so yeah, um, I uh, do want to get into fly fishing because it's something that a lot of overlanders will do because you know if you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's a river um from what I hear it's super fun and very relaxing uh I've never done it um I've only like um what is what's it called I've, I've only pier pier fished like I've, I've like stood at a pier and then like throwing a little rod over um yeah and that to me is so boring <laughs> because I'm just like casting a line and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm gonna wait. Um, but it sounds like with fly fishing, it's uh it's something that you could do. You just throw 
throw your line out and bring it back, throw it back out. And it looks a lot, looks like it's a lot of fun. And um, being that we overland in our old uh, Land Cruiser uh, and we're literally bringing everything with us, it's not like I can bring a ton of stuff. So, uh, well, fly fishing rod doesn't take up a whole lot of space. So I want to pick that up in the, in the warmer months. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, it's cold here in the Northwest right now, and I don't really want to try to practice in the cold right now. <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> I'm kind of a fair weather, uh, outdoorsy person. So fly fishing in the cold, uh, not really my thing right now. <laughs> oh wow Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell people that Montana's awful and it snows all the time and people will hate it and then peeps will move there. Well, yeah, when it comes to hobbies and stuff, most of my things involve being outside. Like I said, overlanding, camping, hiking, anything that gets me out of the concrete jungle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. oh gosh my perfect day would probably involve I'm I'm such a workaholic that I would still feel like I have to do something um so I'd say my perfect day would probably involve getting up not being like tied to an alarm uh and just pretty much doing whatever I wanted and not really having an agenda. If that involved um, creating some stuff, uh, cool. If that involved being on the phone, helping other people create stuff, cool. Um, but really, I, like the activity itself wouldn't really matter to me. It would, I think to me, the most important thing is that I'm not like tied to 
a hard schedule. And as long as I'm doing something that doesn't feel like actual work. And when I say like actual work, I mean, I'm not working because I need to collect a paycheck or I need to collect money. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest, biggest things when I'm talking to people, like I, I want to, I want to work because I genuinely want to help people, not because I need the money. And so I think that, um, with, with my perfect day, it would definitely involve just doing what makes me happy, whether that's again, helping other people just because my nature is to take care of other people, um, in whatever capacity that is, or just doing something fun. I, I think that that's, that's something that's really important to me. Like, I don't want to feel like it's work. I want, I want to be having fun because if I'm having fun, then it doesn't feel like work. And if I'm helping other people, that's even better. So if I'm having fun helping other people, that's probably what my ideal day would look like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine like you, you have people who listen to your podcast and maybe you don't even know who many of them are, but some of the things that they hear on your podcast can really make a huge impact in their life. And I didn't like that. That to me is awesome. Um, if you can in some way influence or inspire other people to do better, that I think is cool, whether it's in their business or in their life. Um, and, and you have a, a role in that, even if it is a small one. Um, I think that's really cool.
Um, the first one would be dream big because you can, you can do whatever you put your mind to. Uh, that I, that is definitely something that I would tell my 16 year old self dream bigger. Um, and, and you could do anything. Um, the second one would probably be in order to cut that in half and in order to cut the journey in half or avoid a lot of pitfalls and stress and struggle, find mentors, find mentors who have done what you're trying to do and emulate their trajectory and, um, and know that every overnight success takes like 10 years. So things aren't going to happen, uh, overnight. Um, because I think, you know, again, as a 16 year old, I, I probably wanted things to happen instantaneously. Um, so that would be my second, um, piece of advice. Um, and then the third one would probably be surround yourself with the right people. Um, I think surround yourself with people who are positive and inspiring and can help lift you up, um, challenge you and also support you. Um, I really think that you are, um, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so if you're hanging out with people who maybe are not the best influence on you, or maybe they don't necessarily see the world the same way you do, um, it's going to be really hard, really challenging to try to try to continue to move forward um, if you're not around people who will lift you up and support you. So make sure that you're hanging around with the right people. Yeah, but still, but there are probably, there's probably still people that you like to have in your very small inner circle. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I heard a saying, I heard a saying um in my 20s. Um I don't need a certain number of friends. I need certain I need a number of certain friends. Is how the saying goes. Um, so I don't need a num I don't need a certain number of friends. I just need a number of certain friends. Yeah. So that one stuck with me in my 20s. So that's something that I would tell my my 16-year-old self. Because yeah, most people think like, oh, in order to be popular, I have to have a ton of friends. But if you're like you and I, like I, I don't, I don't need a ton of friends. It just need the ones who are going to be there to support me and challenge me and lift me up and inspire me. I need, I need those friends. I don't need a ton of superficial ones.
Uh, you can find me at Dr. Christine Zapata on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Oh, my, my message to the world. Ooh. Again, I think it'd be, you can do whatever you want. Um, dream, dream big. Um, I think a lot of times people will play it safe um, and they'll, they'll stick with what's comfortable to, uh, for them. And I think that it's important for, for people to, to dream big, do some outrageous things because I think it's, it's the things that people believe are impossible that when they actually do it are like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And I think that it helps, it can help somebody see the potential that they have and, and how much more they're capable of doing and accomplishing when, when they dream, when they dream really big and, and see that really anything is possible.